there's a lot of information out there on electric vehicles, but it's not always easy to make sense of it all. Today I'm talking with someone who has made New Zealand EV data accessible and easy to follow. James Foster owns the website evdb.nz, where you can compare makes, models, current and future models, registration data and market patterns. Hello James. Hello Adrian, thanks for having me on. No, it's great to be able to talk to you. I guess maybe just start more of an overview of, of the website. What's yeah, the... so EVDB, it's something that I focus on two specific audiences. So one is for industry to provide, I guess, easy to access updates on what's going on in the EV market in New Zealand, like fleet companies, charging networks, power companies and people like that. So that's one sector. And then the other segment that the site is for is consumers, I guess, who are considering going electric. So they've been thinking about going EV and what the site does is has a pretty comprehensive database of all the makes and models that you can get in New Zealand with all the specs, prices, and quickly compare them. So it's a good starting point if you're, you're on that journey and you want to get a quick understanding of what's out there because i tell you it's one very quickly changing marketplace for sure so yeah 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 what made you want to start the site well it's it's been a long journey i think for me it started way back in 2016 and i remember talking to a friend and we started shooting the breeze and thought hey something's happening with electric vehicles i don't know what but it could be a thing and I, after that, made a crazy decision. I decided that the petrol car I owned, the mighty Mazda 6 station wagon, mm-hmm. was going to be the last petrol car I ever owned, which in 2016 was a little bit mad, to be honest, um, because the result of that vow meant I actually held on to it for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> I think it got up to 180,000 Ks before I... Um, eventually sold it so part of that journey to go electric for me evolved into the website which originally was facing the US market which is where I actually started it and in the end I thought no let's focus on New Zealand and so part of it was to I guess bring together information that I was discovering and that if and that I wanted to know and maybe other people would want to know as well. So it's been an evolution of this um, the site. So EVDB actually started in New Zealand here in 2021, and um, it's completely funded just by me, and is yeah grows bit by bit every month. Yes, I do like I do like the layout. Um, Thanks. It's nice, nice and easy to follow on the. Uh, it's a WordPress website, isn't it? I had a look at the. Yeah, believe it or not, that's actually my, my background is WordPress, so that was just a logical place to start. Oh, okay. Did you do the whole website yourself then? I guess yeah, it's all, got, yeah, yeah. That's all me, yeah. Yeah, because yep. I thought, oh, this looks pretty good. I wonder who did this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's pretty, it's WordPress bent out of shape quite a bit because, yeah. like I say, there's a lot of customized data in there for everything that's going on with EVs. So, yeah. Yeah. So you are um, like daily updating in it or have you got sort of feeds going into it? Um... Well, the, one of the big things I do, apart from obviously, yeah, updating pretty much every day is every month 
uh, I'm getting the the open data available from Waka Kotahi and putting that through its paces and then that's how I extrapolate out all the bits and pieces that are going on in the New Zealand market. So that data, that is accessible, yeah. but it's tricky to get out. So the idea is for me is to make it, well, if you love charts, you've come to the right place. Yeah, if you like yeah. graphs, um, there's a lot of them. So it's a good one for the nerds out there. But I think also I never intended to, to do something on makes and models, but it's actually evolved to that. So... And I, I never imagined just how many models we would have in such a quick period of time in New Zealand. Yeah. It's quite extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Cause I talked to some people in Australia, and they haven't got cars we've got. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What are, What are people mostly searching for then? What's your analytics saying? Well, the 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 big one would be comparing EVs um, in, in the marketplace. So. It's split between people looking at that and people looking at the the EV market data of what's going on in the broader market. So, um, yeah, and specific models within that. But yes. when you come down to it, it's actually only a handful of models in New Zealand that are really getting traction. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, well, I'm just like quoting your last um, most popular most popular EVs in New Zealand in July. We've got Tesla Y at number one, Kia Nero, which I thought, and then ID4, which I thought was a little bit surprising as well. And then BYD Auto 3, Tesla Model 3. So the big the big five in, in New Zealand, the big five makes is Tesla, BYD, Hyundai, Kia, and MG. And between those five brands, they're pretty much dominating the space. Um, it varies a lot month to month. That's why it's good to look at a whole year because mm. there's a lot of ups and downs in supply, particularly with Tesla. They tend to group all their registrations in one hit and then it goes quiet. Um, but really, yeah, it's a, the big brands and we have a lot of other players who are just on the outsides really trying to compete. Mm. I guess you'll see like the MG4 popping up in the next round of information. Next Expecting round of to see lots of numbers of that over the next six months for sure. Yeah, I drove that a couple of days ago, and it was it was very impressive. Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking one for a drive. It's amazing to get something now getting down to those price points. Um, yeah, yeah. And is there any sort of trends? Do you kind of look at other countries, see what, how we compare on? Yeah, well, New Zealand. One of the things about doing this site specifically for New Zealand is we are a very unique market, and we're not the same as the US or Europe. And the reason I say that is when you segment our vehicle market up into, I think three different segments stand out. So among light vehicles, which are most of the the vehicles on the road, which is what I focus on. Three very different things are actually happening in New Zealand. So we import a lot of secondhand cars, used imports or gray imports. And What's happening there is there's no supply of EVs except for the amazing Nissan Leaf because our source market is Japan. Japan has not in any way shifted into ED, EV adoption. It's, um, it's a laggard in, in world terms. So we're importing mostly hybrids and some petrol cars. 
So that has a very low EV uptake. The second segment would be our light commercial, which is utes and vans. That's hardly been touched at all by the EV transition. And then the third segment is new cars. And that's quite exciting because we, we actually have a fairly high uptake. I think about one in five new cars purchased in New Zealand are electric. And that, that kind of puts us ahead of Australia, puts us ahead of the US. Um, we're not up there with Scandinavian countries or China, um, but we are similar to some European markets. And I think that's... That's a very quick change in two years. So we went from about 1% or 2% to around 20% EVs in just a few years. Um, so that's a very interesting segment to, to watch. Yeah. Do you think the trend's going to continue? Because I read somewhere they reckoned like all the early adopters should have got their EV now and there was a bit of a drop. Look, initially when I started all this and when I... You know, I got my, my first Nissan Leaf a bunch of years ago. I thought that this was going to be the iPhone moment and there was going to be a rapid transition to electric vehicles and I was very naive um, because a car is not a phone and it's it will be a generational shift out of combustion and it will be up and down like a roller coaster. And that's, I think, what we're going to see. Um, there's, there's not going to be like an S-curve type adoption, but I think we we will see continued those sort of numbers in the new car market. But because so much of our car market is used imports, commercial, it's going to be a, a, a number of years until that space shifts to electric. So it's in the hands of the new car buyers, really. Um, and then we've got the uncertainty of government policy and all those kind of things. So it will be an interesting space to watch. I don't. It's not going to go away because I think the electric vehicle in many ways eventually will sell itself as it becomes a better option for most people financially. But we're at, right now we're just at that kind of flexion point, you know, where we're, we've had the rebates, we've had the early adopters, and now we're going to see where the market's really going to go. So, going to be interesting times ahead. Mm. And just like all your stats, if someone is looking at the, um, you know, going into the first time buying kind of thing, what are the key stats someone should be looking at? You think? You mean in terms of vehicle specs? Yeah, yeah. Because I quite liked your, um, you know, it was comparing, what was that? Comparing, well, like oh, the range and price. Yeah, like efficiency, the most efficient electric cars in New Zealand. Yes. I thought that was that was quite good information. Yeah, I think. Like I say, a lot of those more interesting charts, that, that range versus price one on the site is quite unique. Um, I've not seen anything else like that in New Zealand. And that was something that I wanted to build for myself as I wanted to get a longer range EV. And it took many, many, many years to wait until prices got anywhere near that was appropriate for me. So people buy cars for all kinds of things, right? Uh the colour, yeah, <laughs> um, how it feels. Um, I was reading a guy the other day who he decided to dismiss getting a, an MG ZS EV because the volume of the stereo was too quiet when he was reversing. Oh. So that was a deal breaker. 
Wow. So we all, we all have different reasons, but a couple of the important specs on the EV side is, is range, how far you can go on a single charge. Uh, another one that's important to people is charging speed alongside all the normal bits and pieces that people think about when buying a car. And range is, that's that's why I've got the range versus price graph. It's just one thing. For some people, it's not that important. But it's interesting to know how much bang for your buck you're actually getting. And that's what that compares. And sometimes you'll find that it might be worth spending the extra $5,000, you know, in terms of what you're getting in range. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's definitely one thing. And another thing, obviously, people are looking at is price. And, you know, EVs are expensive. And they have been, but I, I actually can't see it on the site, but for a, I've plotted the downward movement of price and it, they're a lot cheaper now than what they were even two years ago in terms of an entry-level electric vehicle. Yeah, like you've got the BYD Dolphin and the, well, and the MG and then you've got Tesla keeping up, they're sort of lowering their prices all the time at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, so prices, there's been a lot of movement in price um, but obviously for, for many people that's going to be the first thing that they're going to be looking at and we're only at the beginnings of establishing a, a used car market, I think, in electric vehicles. So there's not a lot of options out there if you're, you know, like me, buying secondhand vehicles. In fact, there's really only a handful, to be honest, that get into the kind of pricing that most people are looking at, which is why hybrids have become extremely popular in the last year. So, yeah. Like yeah. the Toyotas, yeah. they're good. They haven't got their EVs sorted, but they've got the hybrids. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're completely dominating the New Zealand market and, and the hybrid space. But all that said, people talk a lot about price parity, and it, it's actually closer than than we think in some particular vehicle shapes. Like around that $45,000 mark, um, for example, that's what you can get the new MG4 after it's rebated, that's pretty similar to a new hybrid. And that's the upfront cost. But when you start digging into the charging costs or the refueling costs, that's where things can really get um, quite a lot cheaper over the long run. Um, so there's a lot of options there. And I think when I started this project, we probably had about five EVs in New Zealand. And it was easy. It was easy to make a database of five vehicles. But I think now I've got, I don't know, 130 different model variants in that database now. So there's a lot of choice out there. And yeah, I, I guess a lot of people are doing their research and trying to figure out whether it's possible to go electric. There's a lot to think about. Mm. Was there any sort of car you like to look of at the moment, sort of value for money that sort of caught your eye? Well, I think... The, the new MG4, as you mentioned, yep. definitely, uh, mainly the pricing and what you're getting in terms of specification, um, that that's a hatchback or a smaller car, um, whereas the, the popular size in New Zealand is always the SUV. Um, but that's definitely one to watch. And I'll say another one I quite like is the Cupra Born, which is another small hatch, a little bit more pricey, but... There's some quite 
interesting vehicles coming into our market here in New Zealand that other markets aren't getting. Yeah, why are they all coming here? Is it is it is there a particular reason? I don't know. I think obviously because they felt the government policy was attractive. Yeah. To you know that the rebates on the vehicles, so manufacturers are, I guess, are, are trying it out. Um compared to Australia where, yeah, they don't have as many of the same models that we have. So it's interesting. Very yeah. competitive though. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and maybe just, where do you see this? With the with so many cars coming in, is your just site going to continue to grow? You can, how do you see that looking? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I guess one of the things, Adrian, I found was my background was in that digital space uh, in the American market. So I've I've worked with a business partner in the States and I didn't realise how small New Zealand is in terms of, <laughs> I guess, the US is 80 times the size. So when I ran the electric vehicle site in the US, it would 80 times as much traffic or visitors to the site. So, you know... I, I think we're definitely in a pretty major transition into EVs, and this this will be going for decades, right? It's not going to be a something that's over in a few years, and so you know, people will continue to be looking around for options and what's going on. So yeah, I see that the site will continue to grow. Um, these days, it's not easy. I don't know what your background is, but the online publishing world is very different to what it used to be. So you've got a newsletter as well people can get. Yeah, so I I write a monthly newsletter just on specifically what's going on in the market each month and a few other bits and pieces. So that's, you know, something to, you can sign up for. I think the thing that I discover is that going electric, it is quite a big shift. And it was... Something I only learned is you know, I planned it out myself over a period of years, and there's a lot of change in the way we think about a lot of things and the way we drive our cars. That happens not not for everybody. Um, I call it a scrutiny bias, and the electric vehicle is the subject of a scrutiny bias. So because it's a new market. There's a lot of scrutiny on every single factor. How far the car goes, how efficient is it, what's it made of, what materials are in there. That scrutiny we don't apply to other things with that. Is it same. a Tesla? Well, <laughs> Tesla, for example. Yeah. If a Tesla crashes, it makes news. Or yeah. if a EV catches fire, it makes news. Which is which is all good. I think we should scrutinise all these things. Yes. We should be looking at these things and and sort of asking the, the hard questions. But what I'm finding is it actually leads you to another question, and that's the question of vehicle ownership full stop. And that's not something I ever considered when I was driving around my petrol car. But when you start asking these questions about the EV, like I remember once... And my old Nissan Leaf, I say old, 10 years old now nearly, 
and stuck in traffic and sitting there and I kind of thought well it's great that I'm in an electric vehicle because I'm not burning any fuel while you know unlike your combustion car idling but then I realized I'm still stuck in traffic <laughs> yes and there's I could be on a bicycle biking home yeah and that really sort of challenged me to think about the big picture here and I think this transition into EVs is is bringing up a lot of these questions and also forcing people to understand the way that we're using our cars and particularly in an EV when you're you're thinking about oh how much range do I have in my car and nine times out of ten you don't think about that until you go to do a regional trip and then you're thinking oh how far do I get where do I charge um and that's a shift that's a behavioral shift and a shift in thinking and a shift in how we think about the way we we travel and I think all those are very good things and what I'm finding out there is people who are going to EV it's quite hard to get good information um there's there's a knowledge gap because it's such a new technology and information yeah. that we had of three years ago is not necessarily relevant to where we're at now and there's more car dealers uh, automotive manufacturers come on stream too there's a lot of misunderstanding around WLTP which is mm. the testing cycle that's used for measuring efficiency and range and that's coming up I'm seeing so much more of that now than a year or two ago where people are saying I bought this car they said it would go 400 kilometers and it doesn't yeah <laughs> or the dealer told me I could get from here to there and it's just that knowledge gap around those things well, what, what I've discovered, Adrian, is and I've done a heck of a lot of reading and with my own uh, vehicles too, is I, I have a rule of thumb that WLTP is very good for summer urban driving. And in my own car, I have, over the summer, I matched WLTP range on my vehicle. The moment you are in winter or you are going on a road trip, yeah, it's time to, to change that amount. Yeah. And my rule of thumb is 77% for a highway drive. So if you're going motorway or open road, typically you'll, you'll get about 77% of what WLTP is. And that can vary per car. And mm. That's why it's useful looking at all the testing done overseas of different cars. But the WLTP is the only standard we have for measuring cars against each other. So it's it's good in that regard. But a little understanding can really help, um, especially in winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe just, a, a, well, that was a pretty good stat, actually. I was just going to say, um, is there sort of one other stat or statistic that people should be aware of or just a little bit unusual? Yeah, I think just... one of the things I've been getting my head around is on the site, on EVDB recently, in conjunction with the Better NZ Trust, who have built a charging calculator. Oh, yes. For, the idea was to help motel owners and motor camp owners know how much it would actually cost to charge any vehicle on AC, you know, your normal household power. So 
again, that's a quite a unique tool. So every vehicle is in there that we have in New Zealand pretty much, and you can get a fairly accurate estimate of how long, how much it will cost. But then I started talking and thinking about DC charging. So that's your fast charge when you're out. And that is a completely different situation. And again, it's another one of those things like the range where it varies enormously in terms of how long it takes to charge your car. And that's because of something called a charging curve where your vehicle will charge faster when it's at a lower rate, um, a lower state of charge in the battery and slows down. So if you rock up to a charging station and you're at 65%, it's going to charge a lot slower than if you're at 20% of your battery. And that is something that you don't see a lot about. And the manufacturers, you'll see a charging rate in kilowatts. But there's a lot of variables in that. And so for some people, again, it doesn't matter. If you're at a fast charge, you go and get a cup of coffee or whatever. But in other situations, it does matter. And it helps, too, to get an understanding of that, that each, each vehicle is actually unique in that charging curve. And um, that's where the behavioral change comes in with EVs, I think, is just getting your head around that when you're out on those road trips, nine times out of ten, your charging experience will be hassle-free. But occasionally it might not be. And you might spend more time than what you intended. <laughs> so it's these these things that that matter and I think are important to get accurate information about. Yeah, that's, pre- that's a pretty good point to make. Is there anything else you wanted to cover off? or is... Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not sure who your listeners are, but I think, as I said, if you're a new car, if you're thinking about a new car. Yeah, thinking about a new car. If you're in that market, definitely worth taking an EV out for a test drive because this is where we're seeing the biggest shift in New Zealand. Um, if you're in the used car market, which has always been myself, you really do need to do your homework and understanding your specific, your specific usage case for your vehicle. Um, you know, I have people, friends, and saying, you know, what's going to work for me or an EV is not going to work for me and in some situations there aren't a lot of options out there and and that price bracket of maybe 20,000 or something like that and you really need to figure out how you drive your car and what's going to suit so I did actually I had a friend who not long ago bought a VW Golf great car and it was just for a town, you know, runabout sort of car, second car. And when I sat down, we sort of, I ran the numbers of looking. It actually turned out a lot more cost effective to get a Nissan Leaf, an import one, the same price. And the running costs would have been dramatically lower. But then he rightly raised concerns about battery degradation and things like that. And, again, that's something we didn't have to think about with the petrol car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what, what I discovered in the research is that the newer Leafs are just not degrading like the very early ones where it's, um, 
yeah, it's 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 quite different. So that would have been quite a good option in that in that case. But in other situations, you know, it might not be there might not be too many options around that price point. So yeah, I think New Zealand sits as a good candidate for electrification, really, because of our mostly renewable grid. And uh, it's going to be an exciting space to watch. Yeah, well, that, that's a good point to finish on. Um, so the website's evdb.nz. Yep. And James, thanks for your time. That was really interesting. Yep. Oh, well, good to chat. <laughs>